in the, uh, in the industry that I work in, uh, one way that you can settle a, or resolve a matter uh, that I, I work in is by way of a, uh, a legal settlement, which is done by way of basically awarding a lump sum to the individual in question. Uh, and within the industry, for better or for worse, uh, there is uh, a lot of smoke and mirrors, some deception and whatnot that can occur. Uh, but in, in one of these uh, conferences whereby a matter is settled by way of, of lump sum legal uh, monetary payment, uh, if one party says, uh, particularly from the side of the fence that I work on, if one party says, this is my final offer, you can take it, as, as, you can take it to the bank as it were, pardon the pun, uh, that that is the final offer. There will be no more. So apart from all the, uh, the deception or whatever else that goes, in, uh, goes on, I should say, in the rest of the industry, uh, this one term, which uh, we, uh, hopefully you'll forgive me, which we sort of colloquially term the, the F word, this, this final word uh, actually holds true. There is uh, truth, at least when most people say the word. The fact that there is uh, so much smoke, mirrors, lies, whatever else, uh, potentially says something about the, uh, the character of those involved uh, in the industry that I work in. And uh, without wanting to unduly uh, put a focus on the industry that I work in, I think you could apply that more broadly, probably to any industry that you might work in. Uh, there is a lot uh, that reveals the character of who we are, for better or for worse, but oftentimes, regrettably, as we'll go into later, uh, for worse. What we are internally, in our hearts, will reveal itself in one way or another. It will show itself outwardly in our character. And oftentimes, this will be in our speech. And uh, you can see this reflected if you've read through the, the verses which I posted in the group chat earlier in the week. Uh, you can see that a lot of those verses speak to, again, pardon the pun, uh, describe speech as the, the mechanism which reveals the character of the individual in question. So read with me, uh, Luke chapter six, verses 43 to 45. Uh, simple verses which you may well be familiar with, but nonetheless, uh, very illustrative of what I'm talking about. Luke chapter six, verse 43 says this. For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. And so try to put on a mask, try to act like something you're not, uh, if you will, but sooner or later, your you-ness will come out. You cannot escape your own character. Uh, and I didn't necessarily mean to uh, draw this analogy, but it popped into my head as we were uh, driving on the way here. Uh, I remember seeing a, a snippet of uh, a Ben Shapiro uh, he was on a panel being interviewed on, on some US TV show. Uh, and I haven't watched the whole thing, but he was on a panel with 
uh, numerous others, one of which being a, uh, I honestly don't know which way around it goes, uh, but the, a biological male that was pretending to be uh, a female. And whatever comment that he made uh, triggered this individual such that the individual uh, threatened violence upon him. And uh, a commentator later pointed out that, well, probably, not necessarily uh, across the, the whole of the board, but probably an actual lady wouldn't have responded in that way. Uh, this individual gave themselves away for the fact that they were male. They were more prone to, to violence, to aggression, uh, even though they were pretending to be a female. Uh, so your, your Eunice will eventually play itself out, whether you put on a mask for a little while uh, or otherwise. Uh, and even as we discussed the uh, after prayer last Wednesday, uh, there was some discussion that went on with regards to the, uh, the sort of secular conservative movement that is uh, somewhat increasing at the moment. Uh, by all means, pursue the, uh, the Christian values that are present within some of conservatism. Uh, and this is good so far as it goes, but for those who are outside of Christ, the, the God-hating and evil heart of such a person will eventually show itself uh, for whatever good fruits they pursue in the meantime. If you don't have the foundation, you will only have the fruits for so long. Uh, and this was, uh, once again, to give a further anecdote, uh, illustrated to me again as I uh, scrolled through Instagram of a morning and one of the advertisements that came up uh, was for a particular gentleman called the High Performance Father is what he uh, terms his business. Uh, and he said a lot of wonderful things about uh, being a, a man, being a father who leads, who provides, who uh, has uh, respect coming towards him. These are good things which I think we can draw from Scripture. Uh, but in amongst his profession of all of these good things uh, was profanity with, with some frequency. And not that profanity is necessarily the mark that you would uh, rule someone out with, but nonetheless it shows that he had uh, some of the fruits uh, of, of good, of even arguably Christian values, uh, but his, uh, his God-hatingness came out uh, to a greater or lesser degree. Uh, so we will, uh, even as we've done already, uh, discuss various verses tonight uh, with a few citations from Proverbs. Uh, the first one, if you'd like to turn there, being Proverbs 13, verse 19, and we will spend most of our time sort of under this head. So Proverbs 13, verse 19, assuming that I've got the reference right this time like I didn't a couple of weeks ago. Proverbs 13, 19 says this, A desire fulfilled is sweet to the soul, but to turn away from evil is an abomination to fools. These two couplets, these two sides of the, the verse almost uh, could be taken by, by themselves, but uh, evidently they are, they are not. They are coupled together by the writer for one reason or another. And so ask yourself, why are these two things coupled together? A desire fulfilled is sweet to the soul, uh, is a statement that stands by itself so far as it goes. But to turn away from evil is an abomination to fools. If you took away the but, you could have a statement which once again stood by itself. To turn away from evil is an abomination to fools. 
but the writer has put them together. A desire fulfilled is sweet to the soul, but to turn away from evil is an abomination to fools. How does the latter relate to the former? And again, remember that we are considering the character of man as we consider this. What is the desire of the evil? or What is the desire of the evil man? It is to do and pursue evil. It is the desire of his heart and the fruit of his character. And so, of course, to turn away from evil is an abomination to fools, is an abomination to such an individual as this. Because the, the fool's desire, the sweetness to his soul, would have been to pursue evil. His heart is evil. He lives and breathes evil. The treasure of his heart brings forth evil. Thank you, Tobias, you cheery gentlemen. Even as we say such things, uh, remember, and as we use that term evil, remember that we are referring to, to God's standard of evil, which is, uh, put simply, anything less than perfection. And because it is God's standard, and therefore the right one, it ought to be ours too. So to put some meat on that, uh, a political leader, therefore, is not uh, good because he kills less people than Hitler or Stalin. Uh, or because he doesn't kill any people at all, for that matter. Uh, a leader is good because he leads like Jesus. Uh, a passive and lazy husband is not good because he doesn't hit his wife. He would be a good husband uh, if he was a husband loving his wife as Christ loves the church. And an employee, to give one further example, uh, is not good because he goofs off less than his co-workers. Uh, he would be a good employee if he were a perfect employee. Uh, these are the distinctions that we ought to have when we talk about uh, good and evil. And so where one falls short of perfect, of good, he is evil or he is in the pursuit of evil in that particular area. Uh, and I mention this because sometimes, as I say, uh, when we hear that term evil, uh, we think we have to be uh, like really, really bad in order to use that term rightly. Uh, whereas uh, this is quite far from the case. Where we fall short of God's perfection, uh, we are evil in our pursuit. And so with that definition of evil in mind uh, being basically that which is the opposite of the character and standard of God, consider the true character of sons of Adam. All of those born after Adam who fell in the fall would be sons of Adam uh, with their character, with their disposition drawn toward that is evil and drawn away from that which is good. And this is the natural state that we are born into. There is a lot of talk today uh, about the, the desires of one's heart. And I wonder what would happen if we were more plain and honest in the way that we described such things. Imagine, uh, for example, at your next meetup with your boss or your next performance review, uh, for those of you who have the same, uh, if your boss asked you what your desires were for the next quarter in your employment life, uh, and after a moment or two's consideration, you responded by saying, to pursue evil continually in all of my dealings, for to do so is sweet to my soul, and to turn away from the same is abominable to me. I wonder how 
such a notion would go down. Uh, and I'm only really partly joking, uh, because even though such a situation, or at least phrasing things like that, uh, is fairly fanciful, I would hope, uh, if the lost were to speak uh, in such straightforward terms, it would be accurate. That would be an accurate way uh, of the unconverted speaking. Remember, uh, by way of scriptural backing, uh, what God said of mankind in Noah's day uh, prior to the flood, which is evidently occurring outside. Uh, in Genesis 16 verse, sorry, 6 verse 5, Yahweh saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. I know I've said it before, but I'm not convinced that in 2023 we are really all that different uh, from those prior to the flood. And so you might say, as I joked before, thank you, uh, Tobias, thank you, Pastor, for laying out this rosy picture of humanity. Uh, but don't we say, with reference uh, to the preaching of the gospel, that before a man would know the good news, he must know the bad news. In order to appreciate the good news, he must know the bad news. So considering such a state before God, considering such a lowliness of character, considering such a constant disposition and desire toward evil, how much more glorious does the transformation that is the result of conversion look? How much more glorious and lovely does our God seem? How great does his mercy and grace shine? We are transformed from those whose every intention of the heart is only evil continually, whose unfathomable hearts are deceitful above all things and desperately sick, whose constant desire and sweetness of soul is to do evil and find it an abomination to turn away from the same. This is our estate before Christ. This is the character of one prior to Christ. But through the gospel, we are transformed from the, sorry, transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. We are those who have God's law within us, written on our hearts, who have been given a new heart and a new spirit, whom God causes to walk in his statutes and be careful to obey his rules. We are those, coming back to Proverbs, whose sweetness of soul is found in the pursuit and success of good. It is an abomination to us when evil occurs. And to turn away from good is likewise an abomination to us. And in praising God for such an estate that he has given us, such an inheritance in Christ, consider once more the heritage that was ours in Adam. Consider once more our estate, our character, our disposition prior to Christ, and then our estate afterwards that massive transformation, uh, that that transformation of heart occurs, uh, leading to a massive transformation in character. And so can we take uh, even an ounce of glory for such a change in heart and character? Perish the thought. Certainly not. Not even for a split second. 
And so we see the change of heart and regeneration naturally causes a change in character, a change in desire, a change in direction and pursuit. And we cannot help but be who we are. For as Proverbs 20.11 says, even a child makes himself known by his acts, by whether his conduct is pure and upright. Who we are, uh, who our character is, will reveal itself. Uh, If we are outside of Christ, that will reveal itself. If we are inside of Christ, transferred uh, from the domain of darkness to the kingdom of his beloved Son, given that heart of flesh instead of the heart of stone, that will naturally have an effect on our character. It will produce uh, differences and a lot thereof. Uh, And so, put on a mask if you like, but eventually your Eunice will come out. You don't gather from thorn bushes, sorry, you don't gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles. Likewise, your character will play itself out sooner or later. And so best to make sure that your character is firmly rooted in Christ and how he dictates that we ought to live. And so let me ask, just by way of sort of one application question with a few points to back it, Uh, How present, for example, are the fruits of the Spirit in your life? To what degree is your character marked by love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? Young men, are you defined by that latter characteristic of self-control? I know I've said to a, to a few folks that uh, even though I've preached through uh, Titus before, uh, something about uh, preaching through Titus 2 uh, when we did it however long ago it was now, a, d- a decent while, uh, something about the fact that uh, Paul's charge to, to Titus is to, to remind the young men to be self-controlled, that is stuck in my head. So young men, are you defined by self-control? Older men, are you sober-minded? dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. These are all coming out of Titus chapter 2. Older women, are you reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine? Young women, are you loving toward your family, self-controlled, pure, kind, and submissive to your own husbands? Do you have, as First Peter recounts, the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. I just think that's such a wonderful statement. If you see uh, something in Scripture that it says that you know, this is very precious, this is very good in God's eyes, uh, surely that is something that we want to pursue. Uh, so young women, uh, do you have the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious? To conclude, we understand that these characteristics are not a a checklist of things that I must do in order to get to heaven. Nonetheless, they are some of the characteristics, not an exhaustive one, which Scripture lays out that ought to be ours and also be our pursuit in Christ. There is a, that typical theological preacher's term, a now and not yet to this. Uh, We ought to have these things now, and yet uh, we are not yet all the way there as we ought to be. Like Tom talked about this morning, uh, there ought to be that uh, continual trajectory 
towards having these characteristics in greater and greater measure. And so where these things are lacking, repent of your sin, pray for God's forgiveness and strength to pursue such worthy characteristics. Ask him for his mercy, such that these things would be yours and mine in greater and greater measure. And give him thanks for the tremendous transformation that has occurred within us, giving him all the glory for our change in a state, in heart and in character. And as we move now to a, a time of prayer, the, the points are really much in line with that. Uh, and of course, by all means, shape your prayer by these things. Pray as things may come up as well. Uh, so pray for good character. Repent of bad character. And praise God for the transformation within us. Pray for good character. Repent of bad character. And praise God for the transformation within us. Uh, and I'll start and then feel free to, to speak up as you will. Thank you, Lord, for your, your abundant kindness shown in the gospel, shown in uh, the, the condescension of Jesus from heaven to earth, uh, the example that he gave uh, and the price which he paid on behalf uh, of those who are so lowly in a state as us, Lord. We reflect once more that uh, nothing in our hand do we bring, but simply to the cross we cling. And Lord, you have uh, given us rightness before you. And then uh, day by day, moment by moment, uh, if we will pay attention, Lord, you are seeking, Lord, uh, though we are made new, you are seeking to make us new, Lord. So please uh, help us to be attentive to the same. Uh, not, uh, not dulling down, not turning down the volume, as it were, uh, on the call which you place on our lives, but... Uh, daily and moment by moment, heeding your call, Lord, uh, seeking towards the things which are valuable to you. And may this bring you great glory, and may it cause others, as your word talks about, to ask for a reason for the hope that is inside us. And help us in such moments to have a timely answer, which I pray that your Holy Spirit would bless. I pray it in your name.